good morning everybody so <laughs> so this is uh in reference to a very very silly billy who is in a lot of trouble she just doesn't know it yet who is openly attempting to recruit more and more and more um established stroke convicted stalkers from my long past history um she's very stupidly fake lola uh, very stupidly um writing very very long ranting uh like i don't even know what the word is like i don't want to say slanderous because i don't feel slandered because it's just such bullshit it's not even got to slander but like just nonsensical untrue based on one tiny kernel of truth and then she's added on like 99% of just nonsense and it it uh, <laughs> but she's 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 now this is now a second stalker of mine that I can prove because he got convicted actually he got convicted in 2000 I can't remember if it was 2014 2015 um into her network um and this is the sort of stuff that when it goes to court this is the stuff that really gets you in trouble right because there's there's they're slagging someone off there's being nasty there's harassing them but there's when you're actively <clears throat> um searching the internet for other people that have hurt a victim um and then sh then showing off that behavior on the website that's already up on a psychoms where the police are already investigating it you're real, and you've been told the police are investigating it, you're absolutely kicking the arse out of it. That's the sort of thing that a sheriff, a fiscal, together will look at and go, this person knew exactly what she was doing. This person had no intention of stopping. In fact, this person escalated when knowing the police were involved. And she's actually trying to, to not just stalk Lucy, but create multiple stalkers in a network to absolutely annihilate Lucy, her business and her life. That's, that's goes well beyond what I was already going to get this woman um, arrested and, uh, and charged with. She's, she's making more trouble for herself, but she's specifically now more recently um, within a lot bizarre long rant about snakes, <laughs> vipers, snakes, uh, which is just, I don't, it's, well, anyway, it's bizarre. She's she's attempting to um, talk about a court case I was involved in as a victim, yeah, like I say, sort of like the early 2000s-ish. Um, so what I'll do, um, for her, really, because she's clearly has got the wrong, multiple wrong ends of multiple sticks, but we know that she does it on purpose because she likes to, 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 to alter the narrative, alter the story to suit her agenda, but she likes to also gaslight the, the, the one person or two people that bother their arses to read these blogs. And she likes to activate and trigger and piss me off because she knows if the information is wrong, I'm going to be upset by that, right? Which is why abusers will gaslight victims. They they, um, they try to trigger them and bait them and they want to upset them and ruin their day and make them make them question their reality and make them ill, which is exactly what the, her, her, what she's trying to do with these blogs where she tells 1% truth and 99% lies. Um, and it suits her. It suits her to create a narrative where I'm this liar um, and I'm, I harass people and then I claim victim status, which is actually what one of her friends does. And what she's doing, really, um, I'm the opposite of that. I, will, I, will, I do attract certain types of males um, and I do attract certain types of women and I will 
take the stalking and harassment for a period of time and then I do react and it's how it's it's led to my offending behaviour. Um, and I, I don't react as a victim, I react as somebody that's really fucked off, you know, as in I'm fed up of this now, leave me alone. I don't want to be sitting in police stations or sitting in courts and all that. I just want these people to leave me alone, right? A victim would be would be the opposite. A victim would want justice and to do her 20-page victim impact statement and to be like, poor me, poor me. I'm not. I'm like, just fuck off. Just leave me alone, literally. Just leave me alone. Nobody needs to be a victim here. Same as nobody needs to be a perpetrator here. I just want peace and to get on with raising my kids, my dogs, my, my and get my businesses up and running. That's all, <laughs> right? Um, that's a powerful, strong woman. That's not a victim. Anyway, so I'll tell you a little bit about this person, um, so that the, the ugh, I can say Stephen Lyle because he's all over the internet and he was convicted, but um, a man called Stephen Lyle who um, was, um, from what he told me, so I've not made this up, he told me he was an ex-offender, he told me he had severe psychiatric issues, he told me that he was an alcoholic and he told me that he was having issues in his personal life, but the, the flip side of that story, this is, this is uh, we met through LinkedIn because I'd just set up Plan B, which was a sort of financial inclusion social enterprise. So we, we linked businesses and individuals to debt management and we also linked them to financial advice. Um, I was the, uh, what you would call engagement officer. So I engaged clients, I engaged business partners, I engaged providers and so on and so forth. And I would set up events so that we could tell people what we did so that people knew that they could refer to us. Traditional, actually a traditional charity and engagement officer, because I had been one a few times before that. Um, but we weren't a charity. We didn't want to be. Um, but we did a lot of stuff for free, which was the charitable. And then we also ran the little business arm, which funded the charitable, which was a financial advice. And that was plan B. And I did that with my husband, who was and still is a regulated financial advisor, which is very high ranking, far higher ranking than you're going to get at Citizens Advice Bureau or Money Matters or even credit unions where people go for debt support. So it was a really good model. There was the charity arm and the business model. Anyway, this attracted people like Stephen Lyle. Stephen, uh, and I'm not going to say none of this is to hurt anyone or stress anyone else. This is purely to tell the story that was actually told online years and years and years ago. Um, and um, I can't remember if it was in the papers at all. I actually, no, I can't remember if it was. But um, this is the factual story of what happened. Um, just because fake Lola's decided to create a complete false narrative, completely change it. Um, and I like to make sure that the truth is out there, whether it's casts me in a good light or not, it's not re relevant to me. Um, because I know for a fact, if I tell the full truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, there's going to be parts of that where I don't look great, right? Because I'm not a perfect individual and I make mistakes. Um, so uh, Stephen Lyle connected with me on LinkedIn. It could have been 2000... When was my wee one born? 2010, 2011... Um, came at me with this business proposal. He ran, he said he'd just recruited, I'm sure, I'm I, I'm going to try and try and remember, okay, he, he said he was given something like £30,000 from Glasgow Gateway, which is part of Glasgow City Council business funding sort of streams. Um, he was supposed to be supported and looked after by Sir William Hawkey and also Sir Thingamajiggy Hunter. I think there was some, there was links with them but then I'm going, I'm obviously going back nearly a decade, by the way. Um, so he gave me this big, long spiel, um, but he also told some of the truth. So he said that he'd had, he'd been in and out of prison, not a great 
you know, but he'd had all these, he said, I've had, had all these businesses. He described some of them. He said, I invented the, uh, you know, the tree-shaped air freshener for in cars. He said, I'm an entrepreneur. This is his thing. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I'm very successful, though, now, even though I've had some bad times in my life. Um, I recently had psychiatric problems, but I'm you know, on the up and up. And I've just recruited 30 young people um, out of unemployment. Um, I'd worked in employability, so this all, he was singing the same song to me um, <clears throat> with Vulnerable and Hard to Reach People. So he's singing a good song. Um, I was given it by Business Gateway. I've got offices. I've got an accountant involved. I'm looking for a financial advice sort of type arm. Um, and I'm also like the idea of what you do, Lucy, which is teaching people about financial capability and, you know, debt awareness and things. He said, I, I think that would be really good for the young people uh, that I've recruited. So this is all, you know, so this is what you want to hear, right? This is absolutely what you want to hear. And absolutely, had he been legitimate, we would have gone for it. But, you know, I've kind of given you the end of the story there. But absolutely, because that's the sort of thing that we were looking to do. That was absolutely my, up my street, you know, helping people understand money better, deal with the money better and get access to debt solutions that weren't just insolvency or just phoning the cab. Um, you know, it was much more much more choice for, for these people in financial difficulties. So that was great. Um, went to his offices, lovely big offices in Brigton. Yeah, well done, Lucy, remembering that. Brigton um, met these other members of staff, met his secretary, um, he gave me more chat and I was like, okay, but I was, I was clever. You know, I said to him, listen, he was edging towards wanting money off us. And I was like, put my hand up. I said, listen, Stephen, I said, you're not going to get money off us, right? Because we don't have any risk in, we're doing our best to, to run our little business. But what I can offer you is my expertise. What I can offer you is my engagement skills. And what I can offer you is perhaps some of my network. Why don't we run a business event together? Um, you'll have your tasks, I'll have mine, we'll run a business event and we'll tell the room of people what we both do and how we're looking to work together and we'll show off our capabilities. We'll show off all yours and we'll show off mine and we'll see if we can get some clients and some other businesses or charities involved, right? He was like, yeah, great idea. So me being me, super organized, super experienced, um, went home, did a list of, act, uh, a list of jobs, as you would call it, and I set to work on my end. I was also recently married and just about to go on honeymoon. So I absolutely waded through all my jobs and I left him, I think, five, right? Whatever they were, I can't remember. I think it was, I know, I'm not even going to try and say because I would be telling the truth, I would be telling lies if I couldn't remember the detail. So he was left with a few jobs. I wasn't getting a huge amount of like email communication back. He seemed to go a bit cool. Not, not, not obviously, but just looking back, hindsight, bit cool it wasn't quite as intense once I'd put the boundary up of you're not getting any money out of us in any in, in, in very much we had a lot of kind of conversation we met about three times so I thought I was doing my due diligence um <clears throat> and then I even took my husband to the to the offices my husband thought it was legit as well and so with his uh, gold stamp of approval because he was you know he is very uh, aware and um, he's much more aware than me he's less trusting than me um which is a good thing I would say <clears throat> we were you know off we went um, and so it was you know, a couple of days before we went on honeymoon and I was really just starting to chase Stephen at this point because we were going to run this event and I'd got everybody involved I got everybody I'd filled the guest list it was quite a good guest list and I was actually quite chuffed for myself I thought this could be really interesting really good anyway um, just before going, I said Stephen you don't seem to have ticked off any of your actions on this list I was like the event is like a week after we get back from honeymoon you've got to do it love I need you to do what you've been asked to do um, I was like, I need you to promise me you'll do this over um, 
uh, my honeymoon because I can't come back from honeymoon and then wade back into doing your jobs. I was like, the whole point of this was almost a test to prove to each other that we can both work together and you're not working with me right now. You've not done anything on your list. Um, he gave me some waffle and off I went on honeymoon because I wasn't, oh, you know, of course I was going to go on honeymoon. Went on honeymoon, you know, hashtag don't go to Jamaica. It's a shithole. Anyway, came back and we came back, we flew in. He obviously knew I was back because I told him the dates. And we flew in five five o'clock in the morning and then sort of night after we'd flown back. So we'd come back, got to bed and I woke up. I woke up to all these texts and phone calls from Stephen. And I thought, if it's fucking two, three, four, five a.m., this is not good freaking news. Phoned him and he gave me this horrendous story. Whether it was true or not, I don't know. It's not for me to judge. Probably true. Most of it was true because I found out some of it's true. But he said, I'm on the pier. I don't know if it was Largs or what's the other one? Is it Air Beach? I don't know, but you know, like Scottish coast up, up just up from Glasgow. I said, I'm on the pier. I think I'm going to kill myself. And my business has gone under. And I'm like, fuck. He said, my business has gone under. I've not got any of the money left. I don't, I've not paid any of the kids or the young people I've employ, employed. There's nothing there. It's all smoke and mirrors. There's nothing there, Lucy. It's gone. It's nothing there. Ranting. Uh, and I was like, he said, I've not paid the rent on the those offices that I took you to. I've not paid any. He said, he said, there's nothing. There never has been anything. The money's gone. I spent the money on personal debts. Something about putting some of the money into a radiator company that he owns. Something about trying to give some to his ex-wife, his estranged wife who he wanted to get back with. Just this big hospital. And I'm suicidal. I'm going to kill myself, right? So my first job was to talk him off the pier, right? So I did that. I said, look, don't be fucking ridiculous. I was like, this is redeemable, right? This is redeemable. But the most important thing you do now is you man the fuck up, you get off that pier, whether he was on it or not, I don't know. You go back and you tell your landlord what's happened because you need those offices. You tell your staff what has happened, the, the receptionist, the accountant. Uh, I think, I can't remember if there's another guy. Um, what's happened. And you man up. You admit what you've done, right? And we try we try and cobble together something. I said, I don't think I can do this event with you now, Stephen, because I don't think I can stand up and tell these people a big long story about how we can do stuff with them. Because if you don't have your offices and your money and your staff, because the staff aren't going to stay with no wages, we, we only have half of a, an event. And that's my half. And I was like, I have to protect that. Um, I said, I, let's cancel the event. You get your ship dry, sort your shit out, and we'll maybe talk in the new year. From that moment on, there was no business relationship between me and Stephen, but we didn't fall out. I don't think, I can't, did we fall out? I can't remember if we, if I fell out with him or, but either way, if I did fall out with him, I fucking should have done because he pissed me off. He let me down and he led me astray. He conned me and he was, he was always at it, right? But I was just so glad I never gave him any money. But I was very, very embarrassed to have to email all these people and tell them that unfortunately the event wasn't going ahead because the other sort of partner in the event had gone bust. And, and I told them a bit of the story about what had happened because at the end of the day, they were going to find out. This is Glasgow City Council, Business Gateway. It was £30,000. Um, I think, as I recall, he went to LinkedIn and did a big long post that was bullshit, did not tell them what he told me. That pissed me off. Because I told people the truth and it looked like I was a liar. So I did a big long post about what had really happened. From that point on, there was, yeah, that was it. There was no business relationship. He was not very happy I told the truth. Which is how these people operate. <coughs> Take Lola. Um, so I, 
I proceeded in my damage limitation, reputational damage limitation, and I absolutely went to town and told the full truth, nothing but the truth on Stephen Lyle. I did a lot of research on him. I found that he'd owned 11 businesses. None of them had ever turned a penny. He certainly did not invent the uh, scented trees in cars. Uh, I realised he was a fucking seasoned con man. Um, And I made that very public. I was very, very angry, very embarrassed, very hurt, um, and quite rightfully so. All I did was tell the truth. Stephen uh, was, was openly harassing and stuff. No, no, no. Was he open? No, he wasn't. I was getting silent phone calls. My, my husband at the time said, do you think that's Stephen? I was like, no. I didn't know. I just was getting loads of these silent phone calls, loads of withheld calls. Um, Stephen was running his sort of ship, you know, doing his own thing, uh, occasionally ranting about me. But, you know, I was busy. Um, I just had my baby was only a year. I just got married, just had a honeymoon and trying to run the business. Um, phone calls, phone calls, phone calls. And then I can't remember. I can't remember it all, but something clicked that it was him also making these silent phone calls. So he was also stalking me. So he was smearing and harassing me online and he was stalking me with these funny phone calls, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them, sometimes just breathing, um, all times of the day and night. Um, he then started putting things on Twitter. He was hashtagging, hashtagging Nicola Sturgeon, hashtagging, uh, what's his face? Alex Salmond, talking about, don't ask why. He put up something gross about them eating one of my tampons. Like, so it was sexual. There was a lot, well, I don't know if that's sexual, but like there was gross stuff. He, he clearly gone into full narcissistic collapse and, and just was off on one. This is when I involved the police. He called me, the police were like basically dealing with the Twitter stuff and the LinkedIn stuff. And then he called me, I phoned the police, he called me and he'd forgotten to withhold his number. And the police stood in my living room and called him on the number and said, is Stephen Lyle there? And he said, yes. They were also able to track his IP address to his mom's house where he was sitting and sending all these horrible tweets and messages and emails and posts and things. So he was banged to rights, okay? There was evidence. There was no circumstantial or anecdotal. There was evidence this man was stalking and harassing me for an extensive period of time using multiple accounts, okay? And uh, long story short, he was convicted. He got a two-year no-contact order, which he immediately breached. There's a blog somewhere where he's, I think it was only about a week. But at the time, I was now with narcissist number two. By the time he was convicted, I could not cope, okay? There was no no dealing with fucking Stephen Lyle, right? There was just dealing with my narcissist number two at this point because, you know, it takes ages for things to go to trial. But he did, he was convicted. Um... He'd had loads of previous, I think there was a lot of previous. When he was arrested, he'd assaulted the police officers. He'd resisted arrest and he'd assaulted the police officers. That didn't help. Um, there was a few non-attendances at court. That didn't help. And then he had had a previous. Um, there's something in this fake Lola's blog about him being an ex-police officer. That's just fabrication. The thing with Stephen is he tells people he's ex-Navy, he's ex-forces, he's ex-police. That's, a, that's somebody, that's schizophrenia tends to do that to people. But that's also just someone trying to con people, right? He's not an ex-cop. <laughs> he's an ex-con, right? Um, so I, that was it. And I came out of the court when he got convicted and I had a glass of wine. I didn't have cocktails and I didn't have a party. I had half a glass of wine because my narcissist... Number two kicked off as usual, kicked off a discard and I was very upset, very anxious. And that was the end of it for me with Stephen Lyle. Um, It remains the end of it. 
but this woman has now got, gone looking for him and is attempting to tell his story from her point of view, which is very bizarre because she, she says, wherever you are. So she's obviously tried to look for him, but not found him. So why she's telling his version of events, but she's doing it to try and slander me, smear me, fix her narrative. She's probably hoping to groom him. In, well, she is hoping to groom him into her network. So there's her, Lisa Stestart, and then Stephen Lyle. Um, we know there's other people, but they're not being visually, they're not being named. So she's made a big boo-boo by talking about him. Um, and doing it with such a disgusting narrative around vipers and poison and slithering and then these false accusations and this slander. So the police will be really interested in that blog. Um, she goes on about a suitcase-sized memory stick. That's bizarre. Just to let you know, um, fake Lola, memory sticks don't get bigger, you know, the more information you put on <laughs> The more information you put on them, just... Just so you know that, right, love? Okay, that's like the way a child would perceive it. It's still just, a, it's not, and it's not a memory stick. I don't have it on a memory stick. I have it on my phone, right? But my phone's not going to get bigger with all the screenshots from today, right? That would be... <laughs> so I'm slithering to the police station with a suitcase-sized memory stick. That's one of her sentences. I'm like, dude, what? Anyway, so that's the story of Stephen. I think I even did a podcast on it a few years ago. I can't remember, but... That's the story of what really happened. And it's in police record. It's in court record. It's on his records. There's nothing in there that's untrue or slanderous. In fact, I've probably missed loads out because I can't remember it because it was terrible. He was terrible. He was awful. Um, it really badly affected our marriage. It was one of the reasons our marriage broke down. Um, so that's then that is what it is. You know, Tom Hunter and Willie Hawke, you know what it was like. He was stalking and harassing them. Uh, oh, he's just terrible, this man. And you just need to go in company's house and you can see 11 failed businesses. Nothing I say is untrue. I don't, you know, this is all the stuff that was presented to a court a lot. So I don't know why fake Lola's decided to decide, she's decided, and I've never met her either, to my knowledge, that this is all untrue. But she's she's not well, this woman. She's very, very unwell and getting more unwell as, as time progresses, as I can carry on doing what I do best. So there you go. That's the story of... Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to go and get my suitcase and slither to the police station. 